Welcome to the Mustang UMC podcast recorded each Sunday morning during our 8.30 and 10.50 a.m. services. We invite you to join us in praise and worship during that time, and our hope is that this podcast serves as an encouragement for you and for your family in your daily life. do come to the time in which we hear the Word of God read. One of our traditions in this church is to stand for the reading of God's Word, and so we invite you to remain standing. Today's scripture, I'm going to move around a little bit, so if you are, have your Bible, you're going to have to flip or scroll quickly to keep up with me, all right? We're going to do John chapter 18, verses 17 and 18, and then skip ahead to 25 through 27, and then go to John 21, verses 15 through 19. Let's give our attention to the reading of God's holy word. The servant girl at the door said to Peter, you also are not one of this man's disciples, are you? He said, I am not. Now the servants and officers had made a charcoal fire because it was cold and they were standing and warming themselves. Peter was also with them standing and warming himself. And now moving on to verse 25. Now Simon Peter was standing and warming himself. I'm not sure why that was so important, but apparently it was. So they said to him, you also are not one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the servants of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, did I not see you in the garden with him? Peter again denied it, and at once a rooster crowed. And moving on to chapter 21. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You all may be seated. Let us pray. And so, Lord, we pray that you would teach us, that you would show us, that you would shine your light on us this day and all the days to come as we do our best to follow you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. The single greatest cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips, then walk out the door and deny him by their lifestyle. This is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. Now, if this quote sounds familiar to you and you can't quite place it, then you probably owned the DC Talk album, Jesus Freak. Now, because this quote was part of that album. It was right after the the song Jesus Freak. Now, Jesus Freak came out in 1995, so it was right like 
in the like middle of like my era of really loving some of the new Christian contemporary music that was coming out. Um, and so you may remember the song, I don't really care if they label me a Jesus freak. There ain't no disguising the truth, right? Um, what would people say if they hear that I'm a Jesus freak? What would people do if they find that it's true? And this song became an anthem for a generation of people who said, I want to live my faith out loud. And, and this song was track three on my Discman, all right? One of those old Discman that would skip sometimes. I got one of those like ones anti-skips, right? That when uh, it, it tried to hold on for another seven seconds, if there was a bumpy road that you were on. People don't know. It's so like so wonderful to just like put something in and not have to worry about it skipping, all right? But we had to worry about it skipping back in the day. And so track three of this great CD was Jesus Freak. I don't really care if they label me a Jesus Freak. There ain't no denying the truth. And then right after that song, there was this quote. The single greatest cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips and then walk out the door and deny him by their lifestyle. This is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. And that leads into, <clears throat> excuse me, the fourth song, which was this song, What If I Stumble? Maybe you're familiar with that one. What if I stumble? What if I fall? What if I lose my steps and I make fools of us all? Would your love continue when my walk becomes a crawl? What if I stumble? And what if I fall? And so I, I never really thought too much about why was there Jesus freak and then what if I stumble? Jesus Freak, this song that was all about living your faith out loud, and then What If I Stumble, a really reflective song about what happens when I get it wrong. I was so caught up in just being a, a Jesus Freak. Now, that, I have certain images and things that come to mind with that, but kids, if you're in your binder and you have one of your boxes, we invite you in box one to draw a picture of what you think a Jesus Freak might look like. But as I reflected on that, this sermon, and as I reflected on that music, I began to think, I realized why they put these songs back and forth, why we went from Jesus freak to what if I stumble, because I think that's often the, the truth of the Christian life, is that there are times in which I want to I wanna live my faith out loud. I want other people to know that Jesus is king, that Jesus is good. I'm going to post it on my Facebook. I'm going to share it on Instagram. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to tell people about Jesus, and then I'm going to cuss at the person who cuts me off in traffic. And this is the tension that we live, is that we want to follow Jesus, and Christians want to follow Jesus, but we stumble and fall and we fail. And how do we do this? And I think people who don't go to church and, and people who aren't followers of Jesus, and maybe there's some of you in this room today who are like, you know what, I, I think that the idea of Christianity is nice, I just don't see it very often. I see a lot more stumbling. I see people who say the right things and do the wrong things. And so I think we all live in this tension between Jesus freak and what if I stumble? Now, the good news is, is that we aren't the only people who have done that. Um, in fact, Jesus's own disciples had their own struggles as well. And really one of them, if we were to embody it, it would be by the name of a guy named Peter. Uh, Simon Peter was his name, and, and he was sort of the impulsive disciple. He wore his heart on a sleeve, and he was going to just say something and then think if he should have, right? Now, maybe there are some of you who are like that. You're going to say it, and then you're going to think, oh, maybe that wasn't the best idea, right? Or you might be married to somebody or have somebody in your house who's like that. We 
experienced that. And Peter was one of those people. And sometimes he lived his faith out loud and he was a Jesus freak. And other times he stumbled and fell on his face. And sometimes they happened back and forth just like this. There's a story in the gospel, uh, Matthew chapter 16, and Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. These gospels tell us the story of, of Jesus while he was living on this earth. And so in Matthew 16, he asked his disciples, these 12 people who he specifically chose to follow him most closely, he said, who do people say that, the, that I am? And so some of the disciples answered, they said, some think that you are Elijah, who was a former prophet or a great prophet, all right? But then he said, but who do you say that I am? And it was Peter who answered quickly. He said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. You are the Messiah. And Jesus said, you have answered correctly. And then he gave this word of of hope and of prophecy and of good news to Peter. He said, you are Peter. Now his original name was Simon, but Jesus gave him the name Peter, which means rock. And so he says, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And for us as a church, we can actually go back through the lineage and draw our church lineage all the way back to St. Peter. What an extraordinary person Peter ended up being, and a legacy that Jesus truly did establish the church on Peter. Now, if I was Peter, I might be feeling pretty good, right? We all like pats on the back, but pats on the back from Jesus had to mean a little bit more, didn't it? And so he was probably feeling good about himself because the very next story, we see Peter stumble and fall. This is what it says here, that as they were talking, Jesus told them about how he was going to suffer how he was going to die, and on the third day, he was going to be raised from the dead. And so Peter pulled him aside after he said that and said, no, that can't be true, Jesus. That can't be the way that this story goes. And so right after Jesus said, you are right, on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, Jesus said these words to Peter, get behind me, Satan. What if I stumble? What if I fall? What if I lose my step and I make fools of us all? Would your love continue when my walk becomes a crawl? What if I stumble and what if I fall? On Jesus' last night, when he gathered with his disciples and he he gave communion, he broke the bread, he, he blessed it, he told his disciples that all would fall away on account of me. Now, Peter, again, saying exactly what he was thinking, he said, all of them might fall away, but I will never fall away. I will die before I fall away from you. Even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And so our story continues. Now, Jesus later, he gets arrested. He gets taken from the garden and he um, goes into kind of this area to have a mockery of a trial. And this is the scripture that we get from the gospel of Mark. It says, meanwhile... Peter followed him at a distance and went right into the high priest's courtyard. I just, this idea of following at a distance sort of struck me. Like, I mean, isn't this sometimes what we do? We're like, Jesus, I I know you're good there, and I'm going to be good here, and I'm going to keep an eye on you. And if I need you, maybe you can be within the sound of my voice so that I can cry out, but I'm not going to get too close. 
I got my own life to live. I got things I'm worried about. I'm going to keep at a distance, following at a distance. But here's what I've noticed as a pastor and as a person, that the greater the distance between you and Jesus, the easier it is for other things to come between you. The further we are from Jesus, the more that the distractions of this world, the more that fear, the more that chaos, the more that even just normal, regular stuff is going to get in the way. Now, Peter should have known this more than most people because, again, Peter had these moments of Jesus freaking, what if I stumble? There's another story in which Jesus told his disciples to get on the boat and go to the other side and that he would meet them on the other side. He didn't tell them how he would meet them on the other side. He just said, go. And so they're on the boat, and all of a sudden they they look over, and there is somebody who is walking on the water. They thought the most logical thing that would be happening is that there would be a ghost that was walking on the water. But that wasn't a ghost. That was Jesus. Now, Peter, again, just dives in. I don't really care if they label me a Jesus freak. I am going in. And this is what our scripture says. Is that he, got, he says to Jesus, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come on the water. Jesus says, come. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. Can you imagine being one of the disciples in the boat with me for just a second? Like, I would imagine for me, I'd be thinking, now, Peter, what are you doing? Like, Jesus is Jesus. You're just a guy. How many, do you think he'll even make one step? What if he makes two steps? Would that be impressive? He's going to think, what are you doing, Peter? Right? Or maybe you're thinking, man, that could have been me. Peter goes out. I don't really care if they label me a Jesus freak. There ain't no denying the truth. And he walks on water. Now, as long as he's looking up, things are good. But hear this next verse. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink and cried out, Lord, save me. Now, kids, in box two, I invite you to draw a picture of Jesus saving Peter from drowning. I have a question for you. How do you see the wind, right? If you're on the middle of, of the sea, the only way to see the wind is to see it in the sea, to see those waves coming up. And, and all of a sudden, the only way that he would see it is if he took his eyes off of Jesus and instead he looked down. There was something that was separating him him. And he cried out, Lord, save me. And Jesus did. Thankfully, he was close enough to Jesus to be saved because he had walked far enough and followed him close enough to be there. And so on Good Friday, we see this picture of Peter following Jesus at a distance. Jesus' trial is over there, and and Peter is over here, and he's able to see what's going on, maybe able to hear some of what's going on. But as our scripture said, he was standing and warming himself. You imagine that there was a group of people by the fire, all curious about what was going on, and all kind of wondering, what is happening, and who are these other people? And so we get this story in which somebody came to Peter and said, aren't you one of this man's disciples? And he was like, it wasn't me. It's not me who was there. Somebody said, but I saw you in the garden. And he's like, it wasn't me. Somebody in one of our other versions says, your accent gave you away. Surely you're a Galilean. You are with Jesus. And that version says that he cursed and said, I do not know the man. 
It wasn't mean. And as soon as he said it the third time, the rooster crowed. Now, if I was Peter and Jesus said, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times, I would have thought really hard about how am I going to remember that? Just like sometimes I think really hard about what my wife told me to get to the store and I still forget, right? This happens. Oh, what was it? I was supposed to get that. So this very important thing, he forgets, strike one, strike two, strike three, the rooster crows. And our scripture tells us this news, that he went outside and wept bitterly. Now maybe you've had an experience like that in your own life. You've let God down, you've let other people down, you've let your family down, you've let your friends down, you feel like an absolute failure. Where does Peter do in this story? Where does he go? He, he can't stay there. They suspect him. If he stays there, he might die like Jesus is about to die. Does he go back to his disciples who he said, even if all you all fail, I won't because I am Peter. And on this rock, Jesus said, he'll build my church. Does he go back ashamed and alone? What do you do if you're Peter and you've let down the person who loves you the most? that rooster crowing. And every morning when that rooster crows, it reminds you of your failure. And so kids in box three, I invite you to draw a picture of a rooster crowing. So Peter was broken. What if I stumble? What if I fall? What if I lose my steps and I make fools of us all? Would your love continue when my walk becomes a crawl? What if I stumble? And what if I fall? And maybe you've been there. Maybe you've had an experience like Peter did, where you said, you know what, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. And then you failed. You stumbled, you fell, you've fallen, and you wonder, what do I do now? Maybe you've seen other people do it, and you think, you know what, those Christians aren't any better than the rest of us. Now, this was Friday. We've all had Friday moments, not thank God it's Friday, but oh my goodness, what have I done? It's Friday. A day in which darkness wins, a time in which death is more real than life. Dejected, alone, ashamed, embarrassed, suffering. This was Peter's Friday. But we as people are not Friday people, but we are Sunday people people. We know that the story doesn't end with Peter being dejected and rejected and alone, but instead the story continues on Sunday. And what we believe as people of faith is that Easter changes everything. Because it was on Easter morning in which the women got up early. They went to go prepare his body for burial. And when they walked and they got there, they weren't quite sure how they were going to roll away this big stone, but they just went by faith. And when they got there, there was no body in the tomb. I love what one preacher said. He said, nobody expected nobody. And then an angel said, why do you look for the living among the dead? Why do you look for the living among the dead? 
the women went and told the disciples, including Peter, they ran to the tomb to find it empty. And, and here we get the incredible story of Easter, the good, good news that death is not the end. The good, good news that suffering doesn't get the final word, that darkness doesn't get the final word, that life and love get the final word because of Jesus Christ. At some point in time in the past year, and honestly, that's as much as I can narrow it down because this year has been kind of crazy, right? I preached a sermon on if there was somebody who had lived 2,000 years ago with Jesus and they magically came and time traveled to our time, they they would think that we were not a bunch of Jesus freaks, but we were a bunch of sadistic freaks because they would drive through um, 152 in Mustang and they would see all these churches with crosses on top. And they would think, do they really crucify him that high? Why would they have crosses everywhere? And they would see you at Walmart with your cross mask on and your cross necklace. And they would think, who are these people? They would see it on your bumper stickers, the crosses. They would go into your home and they would see the crosses on the wall. And they would think, these people are crazy. Because the cross was the emblem of suffering and shame. It was death in a sign. And Jesus takes that incredible symbol of death and makes it for us this beautiful symbol of life. The cross is for us the fact that Jesus is risen and that he loves us so much that he died for us so that we may experience eternal life with him forever and ever. And the resurrection of Jesus is proof of God's redemptive ability If he can take death and turn it into life, if he can take the cross and turn it into a beautiful thing, he can take anything and make it an incredible thing. At the beginning of of the season of Lent, which for us begins on Ash Wednesday, this journey towards Easter, we, we remember that we are dust and to dust we shall return. But one of the songs that we sang, it says this, it says, you make beautiful things out of dust and you make beautiful things out of us. Peter could have just been a failure, but that's not Jesus' story for Peter, and it's not Jesus' story for us. And so what we had as I read that last part of the scripture from John chapter 21, we we hear this rhythm that Jesus had. And so Jesus uh, had made breakfast for the disciples. Um, Now, we're pretty sure probably they had fish. Um, because that would have made the, the most sense. But kids, I want you to use your imagination and in box four, draw a picture of Jesus and Peter eating breakfast. What were they having together? In my imagination, he's got like that full breakfast. We got some pancakes. We got some eggs. We have some bacon. Now, Jesus and Peter certainly as Jews would not have eaten bacon because they don't eat pork, but this is my imagination. You can use yours as well, all right? And so after breakfast, Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? Well, once, okay, yes, Jesus, you know that I love you. He asked him again, Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said, you know that I love you. He asked him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. One, two, three. This morning... Um, I got up early. We had our sunrise service, but we also had an important Easter egg hunt at the Tiger House. I have two boys, an 11-year-old and an 8-year-old. Now, um, 
they don't always get up when the clock says five, but they were coming to the sunrise service this morning, and they knew that there was an Easter egg hunt waiting for them in the morning as well. So while my wife and I were out in the kitchen kind of doing some things and, and getting ready, then uh, my youngest son, Kaysen, he said, he said, Mommy, Daddy, um, are, can we come out yet? And we said, No, we're not ready. Wait just a little bit. And so then a little bit later, a couple minutes, um, well, I said, you know, just wait just a couple minutes. So 30 seconds later, he said, you know, can we come out yet? And, and, he, and we we're like, no, we're not ready. So a third time he asked, he said, can we come out yet? And we're like, no, we're not quite ready. And then Kaysen said, he said, guys, you are just like Peter. You've denied us three times. So apparently we have to have two more Easter egg hunts later on today to make up for it. One, two, three. One, two, three. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And Peter was able to be restored. That Peter was not defined only by his failure, but he was able to be defined how Jesus helped him up. Now, Peter's story is really one that's quite amazing. He becomes a great leader in the church. He becomes the person in which the foundation of the church is on. And Peter was bold in his faith. He proclaimed boldly when at one time he denied Jesus. Later on in his life, he never denied Jesus. He embraced the fact that Jesus was Lord and he wanted everybody to know. And in the scripture, it tells us how he, that, that Jesus prophesied, told him how he was going to die. That he was going to die crucifixion death tradition of the church says that he was actually crucified upside down because he didn't feel worthy to die like jesus did and the truth is is that if god can restore peter god can restore us as i was thinking about it um, earlier this week and i was talking with my wife uh, we, we were talking about how today's trials can become tomorrow's testimonies. And so she did this artwork on the What If I Stumble lyrics that today's trials are tomorrow's testimonies. I don't know your story, but I, I know that you have one. I know that, that somewhere in there is a story of pain, of suffering, of darkness, of despair, but God can make whatever you have gone through and he can redeem it for good. He can take your brokenness and he can provide wholeness. He can take your trial and he can make it to be a light shining in fact, I know as I've talked to so many of you at different points in time that, that sometimes it is our worst moment when we experience God the most and we've relied on him and we've trusted him and we've grown out of that experience. What if I stumble? What if I fall? What if I lose my step and make fools of us all? Will your love continue when my walk becomes a crawl? What if I stumble? And what if I fall? Now, as I was listening to that song this week and looking at the lyrics, I'm stuck that most of the song is in question form. I think that's actually true of about a lot of life, is that a lot of times we have more questions than we do have answers. But the answer in that song to what if I stumble and what if I fall, there's this one line in the song, and this is what it says. I hear you whispering my name. You said my love for you will never change. So maybe you've stumbled today. Maybe you've fallen on your face. 
Maybe you've let God down, you've let other people down. Maybe you've been trying to live life your own way for a long time and you just keep falling and you just keep failing, but that doesn't have to be the end of the story. You may have your Friday moment, but Sunday is coming because God can do all things because Easter changes everything. And so what we as the people of God and what we as people need to do is to trust God one step at a time and to follow him more nearly day by day. Because the truth is, is that when we are following close to Jesus, he will always be there to pick us up. When we are like Peter out in the ocean and we are close enough to Jesus that even when we take our eyes off of him, we are still close enough to say, Lord, save us, and he will. Because that's who he is. And so my hope for each and every one of us on this Easter Sunday is that Easter isn't just a day, but it's a lifestyle of following Jesus, of redemption, of light in the darkness, and of hope. The first words that we have recorded of Jesus to Peter is, follow me. And the last words of our scripture today are, follow me. This is what we are called to do. And so maybe there are some of you who aren't, haven't ever followed Jesus, or maybe you've been like Peter and you've been following at a distance. Jesus' invitation is, come close to me. Come to me, you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest for your souls. Follow me. Let us pray. And so, Lord, we do pray for your love, your grace, your joy. And, Lord, we do pray for those who seem to be following at a distance, or maybe those who have been following their own path, for those who have been hurt. I said, Lord, I'll just keep an eye on you, but I don't want to get too close. I hear you whispering their name. Your love for them will never change. So, Lord, we pray that we would live our lives as people sold out to Jesus. But also we pray and believe and hope and trust that when we stumble or fall, that you will be there to restore and redeem and pick us up. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Mustang UMC podcast. Once again, our services are at 8.30 and 10.50 a.m. every Sunday morning, and we would love to see you there. For more information about the Mustang United Methodist Church, please visit us at mustangumc.org or email us at office at mustangumc.org. That is office at mustangumc.org. We hope you enjoyed.